Welcome to Revolution Podcast, a place where we discuss the Bible, culture, faith, and why it matters for you. I'm Quinn, and this is my co-host, Chase. And if you're looking for a podcast that explores the revolutionizing power of Christ in your life, then this is the show for you. Hello, Revolution Podcast. Quinn is currently dying, which is just a great way to start off the episode. Quinn, can you gain control of yourself? We're good. <laughs> you're good. Okay. Awesome. Um, guess what we're doing right now? What are we doing? We're podcasting in the dark. No um, way. When we started, the sun was still mostly up. Now it is setting, but we have not turned on the lights in this room. So we're kind of just sitting in front of a microphone with two laptops in the dark together. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on right don't, now? Don't frame it that way, dude. What? But- <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not that weird. I, don't- I walked in and I was like, hmm. I mean, it's pretty warm out. I was like, oh, maybe the lights uh, give off some heat, but I think they would. So it's it is quite warm right now. So I am still sweating though. I so we're sweating while we podcast <laughs> in the dark, dude. Anyways, um, today we've got an episode uh, called "Why is Evangelism So Hard?" Um, which is really quite a good question um, and a one that I think crops up mm-hmm. a lot in our lives. Um, man, but first of all, Quinn, can I just ask mm-hmm. how have you been lately? I've been great, actually. I mean, currently tired. Yeah. Um, For another long day at work. You're a much harder working man than I am. I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, well. How many hours did you work today? Like seven or eight. Do you know how many I worked? You're just not working somewhere. That's true. I'm not working a lot right now. <laughs> Which means you're harder working than me, Quinn, by, by default. Fair enough. Yeah. And you were working out in the sun today. What did he get to? 36? I think it was like 34, 35. Felt okay. like 40. Felt um, like 40, and for sure. And it was hot. We had to take a 15. I'm, I'm roofing. So right. um, it was, yeah, That's it was a little warm. Work. That is hot, my mm-hmm. word. Um, What? So if, okay. It's, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. How have you been? Oh, thanks. Um, I've been good. It was my little brother's birthday just yesterday, so I took them out this afternoon um, just to hang out, get some, like, I don't know. Is it lame to like take somebody out to buy their own birthday present? Or is that is that something like old couples do together? I don't know. My mom just tells me this is what you're getting for your brother. And then so I just pay her for it. So Oh, wow. That's actually a pretty good strategy. Maybe Dude, I should it, try that. It works really well. Nice. Well, so they look, they all like, they like baseball cards. I know nothing about baseball cards and mm-hmm. they like books, but I like with books, as somebody who like loves books, what's nice is when somebody knows the book you want and then gets that for you. If they like, if they know you really, really well, they can just buy you a book that you've, like, you've got no idea about and you can trust them. But when somebody random just buys you a book, it's like, well, oftentimes it's not what you want to read. And so like with my brothers, oh, twins, they're twins. I should say like, it's not a coincidence they had their birthday on the same day. They're twins. And so <laughs> when I say brothers, I mean plural, yes. Um, so I took them out. So I know nothing about baseball cards. So I brought them and so they could pick out their own baseball cards. So I don't just get the, I would probably have gotten them like hockey cards or something if I had been left to my own devices. Mm-hmm. Or ones that they already had five of. Or ones they already had five of. I don't want to do that. Um, and then book wise, we went to a, a fun used bookstore and, um, we, like let them pick out what they wanted. And we did a Don's run. And Quinn, this is going to be my next question for you on a hot day. Like today, like 36 feels like 40, you're sweating out of everywhere. Um, and you're going through a McDonald's drive through what ice cold drink do you ask for to refresh your innards? 
Okay. I got I got <laughs> top two, and I, I don't know if I can narrow it down because okay. working at the church, we mm. always got a large Coke Zero. Mm. Working roofing, they always, if like the guy's wives are coming, mm. they're bringing large iced teas. Oh, iced so I'm tea like, is so good. I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's a toss up. Yeah. I'd probably, mm, iced tea just so so refreshing sometimes you don't want that fizz you know mm, sometimes you don't want the fizz mm-hmm. that's that's a good quote i feel like it's applicable in a lot of situations today i got a i got a large <laughs> i uh coke zero myself because we worked at the same church for um separately but we both worked there and both worked under our youth pastor who is a slight addict um and he definitely got me addicted as well same it's there's no sugar but the caffeine and the aspartame just I know my bones, something different. So I don't know how to say it. Anyways, um, evangelism though, Quinn. Right. We're asking the question. We we did an episode a little, would have come out a little while ago um, about bringing reluctant loved ones closer to God, which would have hit on a lot of evangelism principles. But today we want to take a different focus on this. You know, evangelism is a huge topic. You could do a whole podcast just exploring evangelism. So today we want to maybe take a different angle on this topic and ask, why is evangelism so hard? Um, What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, obviously something that we should always be thinking about is evangelizing or preaching the Bible or uh, having conversations about God's word with, with people. Um, but so often it's like, people ask the question, have you evangelized lately? Mm. Um, and you're like, no. And they're like, why? It's like, well, I find it hard to. And mm. they're like, I don't know where to start, all these kind of things. So we, we want to actually start with the question, why is it so hard? And what are the challenges that come with evangelizing to begin sure. with? What are the challenges that come with evangelizing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you and think there? I think one of the biggest, the most common one that people say if they're like giving a talk or whatever, a sermon, they're like, because people are scared of rejection, right? Mm. If, if you're talking to a non-believer and it's like um, talking about the Bible, the gospel, God, Jesus, all these kind of things, yeah. and they'll just like straight up say, no, that's terrible. You're wrong. Mm. Um, and we don't like that. Right. Um, and so, and, but again, the worst thing they can say is a lot of time what people say is no, they can right. say, no, actually, I don't want to hear that. Um, right. And they're, they're missing out on an amazing opportunity, opportunity to hear God's word. Mm-hmm. But I think another thing that, um, one of the challenges that come with evangelism. Do you think we could maybe just park on that rejection piece for a little bit? Can I ask you yeah, yeah. questions about that? So you said, you said something you said, the worst thing they can say is no. Um, what if, what if that wasn't the worst thing that could happen. Okay. Right? Like um, I, I, my, the reason I asked that is uh, I th- I'm thinking of countries like North Korea in the world, uh, China in a lot of places, and especially in the past, um, uh, a lot of dominantly Muslim countries where preaching the gospel, being a Christian is punishable by death in a lot of cases. I'm thinking of examples in the New Testament where um, a lot of the apostles were imprisoned, beaten, and then in other cases killed for proclaiming Jesus as Messiah and God. Um, how do you think, I mean, there's a few questions that can come under that, but like, first of all, like, how do you think that should reframe our idea of what it means to be persecuted because of evangelism? If in the West, in our situations, the worst thing that can happen to us is no. And when we're scared of that, um, how does that contrast with what evangeli- what evangelizing can can mean for some people in parts of the world today and what it did mean for people uh, immediately after the resurrection. Um, Like just, I I don't know if you have any thoughts or reflections on that, but to me, it's like that just sets it totally into a different perspective of like, I'm 
scared of people saying no and not mm-hmm. liking me as much. And people were willing to give their lives for this, are willing to give their lives for this, are willing not to risk their just their own life, but their family's lives too. Like a, like a father and mother are willing to risk their children's lives to preach the gospel. That's that's crazy, right? And I'm scared of a no. Um, well, like, what, what do you think about like the perspective shift that can give us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it, it tells us that we have an amazing, incredible privilege that we mm. actually get to preach the gospel freely. Yeah. And the fact that that we're scared that someone's gonna say no, that and it's gonna take a hit on our pride, mm. um, I think that shows, in a sense, and I'm speaking to myself as well, it shows how um, how weak we are in a sense. Sure. It's yeah. like, we don't wanna stand up for our faith mm. because our personal persona is going to be um, maybe destroyed, but not yeah. even because one or two people might look at us differently. Yeah. They might label us as the Christian person, yeah. right? And we don't like that. When on the other side of the world, it's like people share the gospel, quote unquote, to the wrong person, they could be under arrest. Yeah. They could be hurt. Their their families could be abused, yeah. um, done whatever the government sees as fit. Yeah. And so I think for us, it it needs to say, we actually need to maybe preach the gospel more more often mm-hmm. and, and not care so much about our our own um, personal persona. That's good. So those people who are living across the world who are persecuted for evangelizing, um, like so like sometimes as like us in the Western church and me myself included, um, like I'm not above this at all. Mm-hmm. I, I get caught in this thinking all the time, but like yeah. not wanting to evangelize because of how people might look at you or treat you a little bit differently. Um, that shuts us down very quickly. Mm-hmm. But across the world, they, like there are people who are willing to risk their lives and their families' lives for the sake of spreading the gospel. Why? Why do you think they though? Like there are people who are willing to risk so much for the gospel. Like where do you think that boldness comes from? Mm-hmm. I think something that that can come from that something that. Um, Fuels that. Yeah, well, fuels, fuels that. That's that, the word. Yeah. Um, is they've had an encounter with Christ that that they just can't contain them mm, on their own. Yeah. I think, I mean, personally, like I, I've i seen God's work play out in my life and I've seen him do things. Um, and in step, that should that should make me want to evangelize a ton. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't. And, and honestly, I don't I don't totally know why, but I, the best answer I can come up with is they they've seen so much fruit from mm. from what God has done yeah. and what they know God can do. Mm. Be- and so they're just like, I need to press in more to these people. Yeah. And no matter what happens, I want to glorify God and I want to make myself less. Mm. It comes from a place of knowing God, mm-hmm. of loving God. And I think with that in the West, I don't think, I think because we're so self-centered mm. that um, myself included, yeah. I think that um, we actually don't take time to know God. We don't take that time um, to read our Bible mm. or to read his word um, or to be in community with other fellow believers because yeah. we're just like, it's all about me. Yeah. So would you say then that, so so the first um, hurdle you listed to evangelism there was, um, we can be scared of rejection. Would you, then maybe we've uncovered another one here. Maybe our fear, reluctance to practice and 
on on ignorance of how to evangelize would you say maybe in a very fundamental sense that flows from us not knowing god and like i like what you said there like we we and again again myself yourself included can be so self-centered that we just don't take the time to know god would you say maybe that's where a lot of the problems in evan in our difficulty with evangelism in the west do you think maybe that's where it flows from i think definitely part of it yeah, yeah. i would say i mean as you get to know god you get to know his character and you get to know his as we talked about in another episode his will for us mm. um and so if you don't take time to know that yeah. and take time to learn who God is, study yeah. his word, study him being constant prayer and community with him. If you don't do that, well, no wonder you're not going to know um, how to evangelize or yeah. to even do it. Yeah, that's good. I guess it ties, it ties a lot into what me and you have called um, the epidemic of weak faith we mm -hmm. see in our generation, which... Um, would be what was that our first episode we did yeah. for this podcast yeah um again if you want to hear a little bit more of our thoughts on that how to i think the episode's called how to strengthen your faith mm -hmm. um you can go listen to that for a little bit more of our thoughts around there i'm sorry I, I didn't mean to derail you there you were talking about um our reluctance to evangelize i, I think we i think we mind that pretty good um some of the contrasts we can pick up on that well what do you what else do you have about some of the hurdles that can come with mm -hmm. evangelism yeah i think something that um can some of the challenges that we think we face is mm -hmm. um, we don't feel like we're qualified to talk about Jesus. Hmm. Unpack that for me. Yeah. So I think when I say that, we don't feel like we're qualified to talk about the gospel story, mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of a lot of what I've found evangelism is is especially for people who are new to Christ or stuff like that. It's just giving them those simple truths, talking about who Jesus is and what He did for us. Yeah. Um, that that's something that I've found. And sometimes we don't feel like we're qualified to talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, but if you've read your Bible, mm -hmm. at least a little bit, read through at least one, two, three, or four of the gospels, all the gospels. Mm -hmm. um, Not counting the gospel of Judas. Right, obviously. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> um, then lost my train of thought. So sorry. No, all good. I, I, the, you use an interesting word there that I'd actually like to pounce on a little bit. The word qualified. Like you said, we can sometimes feel like we're not qualified to preach the gospel. And what, well, in what sense do you mean that? Yeah, I think we don't know enough, right? Mm. We're so, not, sorry, are, are you, uh, just sorry. again, to clarify, do you, are you saying that we don't think we know enough or that we, like, we actually no, do not know enough? we don't think we know enough, Okay. right? Because sometimes we can think evangelism, evangelism is people just hitting us with questions. Mm, right? having, it means we have to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. mm. But that's actually not the case, right. right? If we don't we don't think we know enough about Jesus, but actually all you really need to know, and there's more things that you can get into as you uh, learn about God, but I think a good starting place is just start with the simple truth. Mm. Jesus came mm. to, our, to earth to live and die and he died for our sins so that we could be in relationship with him so that we could love him. And he died because he loves us. Mm. And we're called to then love others and forgive others and love God. Mm. Mm. What are your thoughts? That's good. Gospel presentation. I mean, maybe maybe that like, I like, I like your, like we can think we don't know enough, right? 
um, we feel like we need to have all the answers. Maybe we can pause here for a little bit. And I, I like what you, I like that you gave a like a short like this. This is like you just you just need to like just preach Jesus, right? But maybe we can pause here and unpack maybe a gospel presentation people can give. Um, there are lots of ways people have said you can present the gospel. There's what's called the Romans Road, where you lead people through some key passages in Romans. Um, there is oh oh what are the words? Um, one of the there's four words um, that I've been taught, and maybe some people have heard these as well, that sum up the storyline of the Bible and sum up, since, sorry, sum up the gospel. Um, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Uh, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Creation. God created the world perfectly. He created man and woman perfectly in perfect relationship with him. God's plan for the world was happiness, enjoyment, and glorification of himself. Amazing. That's creation. Step two, fall. Man and woman, by their own free choice, chose to rebel against God, chose to enter into sin, and they corrupted the perfect world God made, and they corrupted themselves and all future people too, so that everybody is born hating God, hating the things of God. Creation, fall. Next step, redemption. God sent his son, Jesus. Um, oh, maybe we, we can stick on the fall for a second there. I, I missed a piece there. Um, because of man, when I say the word man, I mean the human race. Because of man's rebellion against God, um, we're, we're told in Romans, the wages of sin is death. Because of man's rebellion against God, death is coming to all creation, to all humans because of our sin, because we are born as sinners. This is, this can also be called God's wrath against humanity. Okay, so we are now from create perfect creation to fallen world, we are in a position of God's wrath coming for us mightily with power. Next step, redemption. Jesus enters onto the scene and I think maybe we can get a good gospel presentation from what Jesus says. Uh, Mark 1 verse 15, um, the time is fulfilled for the kingdom of God is at hand. Therefore, repent and believe. What does that mean? It means when Jesus said the time is fulfilled, he says the time is ripe. It has come to fruition. Now is the time. What does that mean? The kingdom of God is at hand. What's the kingdom of God? It's where God rules. Because of the fall of the perfect world, God God doesn't rule in humanity anymore. But the kingdom of God is, is this ruling that's going to come. And, and we see that now looking back as people who have come to Christ, the Holy Spirit now rules in their hearts. That's the kingdom of God. Okay, so Jesus says the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. What are we supposed to do? What is this? What is our part in redemption? Repent and believe. Repent from sin. So that sin, this the sinful practices that we love because of the fall, um, we're supposed to cast those away. We're supposed to turn from those completely, reject them absolutely, and believe. Believe what? Paul says, Paul makes it very, very clear. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. That's the point of Jesus' ministry. He came. He, why did Jesus die? Because the wages of sin is death. The wrath of God was coming for humanity. Jesus stepped into our place took that wrath upon himself and died as the sacrifice, the atoning penal substitutionary sacrifice for our sins so that he bore the wrath of God so we don't have to. And not only that, but he He took our sin onto us, but he also lived a perfect life so that his perfect record could be 
um, imputed onto us so that now we are redeemed. Creation, fall, redemption, fourth part, restoration. We're still living a sinful world. We still fight sin every day. Jesus is coming back one day to make a new heaven and a new earth so that the world is even like it is perfect the way God originally imagined it. And not only that, the restoration, because even us as believers, we're still sinful, but we are continually being what's called sanctified. So we become more like Jesus. And then on the last day, we will be, we will be what's called glorified, completely restored to, perf- to perfect relationship with God. So what is the gospel? Again, maybe that's a little bit long, but it starts from just four simple words, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to, I mean, and you can even think about that, those four words. And sometimes if, if you're like talking to someone and it's like, obviously if someone's like, you're talking to me, you don't, you don't just say those four words, um, mm-hmm. but it's a way that you can break down the gospel yeah. in your head so that you can explain it clearly. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and you broke down the gospel very well there as well. Um, but yeah, I think, I think sometimes we, we feel like we're not qualified mm-hmm. to talk about Jesus or we don't think we know enough. But I think sometimes all, all you need to do is just talk about those simple truths. And I can I throw one more question at you? I would love to, yeah. Um, one more thing that that I think some of the challenges that come with evangelism is we feel like we may, may say something wrong. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna mm. break down this this one sure, for you sure, 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 because yeah. we've we've joked about it because sometimes so often I'll, I'll go into a conversation with someone and I, for for I'm thinking of an instance for me, it's like I, I've thought about it for like an hour or two mm. having this conversation. Ramp like, yourself up. I'm, I'm gonna, you're talking in the mirror beforehand kind of, and you're like switching positions to be the different people and you're like, okay, I'm ready to go. I knew exactly what I wanted to say, right? Yeah. You're like, I know how this conversation is going to go. Yeah. And then it starts coming out of your mouth and you're like five minutes later, you just stop talking and you think to yourself, you're like, <laughs> what did I just say? <laughs> what did I do? And, and we joke and we use the word, I just desanctified this I person. I just desanctified this person. <laughs> they just lost their salvation because of me. It's <laughs> one of my favorite words. Oh, I think I just desanctified them. Gwen. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we see each other at church and we're like talking, like we, I, I'll see Quinn talking really intensely with someone. I come up to him. He's like, how did that go? He's like, I think I desanctified them. <laughs> Sorry, you were going somewhere with right. that. Right. Um, where was I going? Right. Obviously. Um, we might feel like we say something wrong, right? Mm. So I think so often we we have this fear that it's like if we start talking about Jesus, we're gonna just flat out say something that's like heretical, heretical. and yeah. just not about the Bible. Like yeah. you're gonna go full on Chase Standard Version, like version Ooh. two kind of stuff. Yikes! The Chase Revised Standard Ooh. Version. Chase the message. Ch- <laughs> <laughs> chase the Passion Translation. <laughs> Chase the Queen James. Stop the Queen. Okay, we need to do a whole episode on the funniest Bible (laughs) translations because there are some wild puppies out there. So we're gonna get so distracted if we go on this. Like I have found, like the have you seen the cat version where it's just a lot of meowing and like oh, there's a lot of weird stuff, dude. Anyways, we we were totally at a point with this. Mm, Yeah, we did. You did. You got this. Um, I know. I know. You know the point. Yeah, I guess I wanna I wanna ask you why if. If we feel like we're going to say something wrong, how do you, how do you go about that in, in your head? Because for this, for all of them, it's, it's all in your head, mm. right? Because if you know at least a little bit about the Bible, if you, if you love God mm-hmm. and you love his word, um, and even if you don't like 
pray a whole lot or you don't read your Bible like a whole lot, but you but you know the simple truth. You right. know God um, and you can talk about this. Then um, what's the fear with this? Sure. Um, so yeah, that's I mean, that's a really good question. So what, we get scared because we think we don't know enough. Um, it's, it's actually really interesting. Again, I think this goes back to what we talked about a little bit earlier of where does evangelism come from? Are we trying to answer all of people's questions? Are we trying to um, build a robust, like super intellectual, hard facts faith? I think both of those things are good. I think our faith is built on hard facts. I think it is intellectual and I think it's good to answer people's questions. But uh, I think evangelism fundamentally flows from a place of love of God. Mm-hmm. It flows from a place of um, loving what God has done for you in your life, of being humbled by the sacrifice of Christ, the fact that he bore God's wrath for you. It's it's from understanding that, that like, like gen, understand, like when we say Jesus is our savior, we don't just, that's not just a word we use. We mean he saved us from something. And that's that something is God's wrath. And that means God's wrath is coming for everybody that Jesus hasn't saved. And so there's this urgency in evangelism as well. So evangelism, um, I like fundamentally can be, this is what God has done for me. And this is what he can do for you too. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so th- like immediately tell them your life story, yeah. tell them who you were, tell them who you are and tell them who God is, who you are going to be, right? Like one day you are going to be a co-heir with Christ of the kingdom of God glorified with him. Right? Like, like, and, and who you are, I'm very different than who I was before as a believer. Am I perfect? Not by any means. Let me share my weaknesses and struggles with you, but let me tell you the hope I have that I can still overcome these things. Who was I? I was a sinner deserving death, just like I'm afraid, my friend, you are. But but I, I can see you searching for God in all the wrong places. So let me show you that what Jesus said, he is the way He's the truth and he's the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. So evangelism, if you feel like, you know, if you get scared that an, that an atheist is going to ask you, well, you know, why did the Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church split up over the over the distinction between the Holy Spirit emanating from the Father or proceeding from the Father and the Son? And you're like, well, what? Are you, what did you just say? You were saying that and I kind of zoned out. Yeah, I, it's like, like you don't you don't need you don't need to is it good to know that? Of course it's good to know that. Do you need to know that to evangelize? No. Will some people ask that question? Probably not. Could somebody? Yeah, I guess they could. And you can say, I don't know, but let's look into that together. But evangelism, if you if you you need you do there are things you need to know, right? You need to understand what God has done for you. Mm-hmm. So you need to understand that God, that Jesus saved you from something. You need to understand that God is the ru- the ruler and king of your life and the universe. And you need to, un- like, th- there are certain things that you need to understand, but evangelism can primarily come from a place of this is what Jesus has done for me and this is what he can do for you too. And then is it good to understand some theology and some Bible on top of that? Yeah. Yeah, that's really, really good. But Again, like like me, like I've I've studied a, a number of theological topics, right? And some of them have come up in like in in me talking with unbelievers a little bit. But primarily, fundamentally, what the most powerful evangelism that God has used um, from me, like by His grace, and what He has used from other people to me, as somebody who walked as an unbeliever for many many years, the most powerful source of evangelism were this is what God has done for me, and this is what He can do for you. Mm-hmm. And, and like me, like I'm 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 
I, as an unbeliever, was chasing the cold, hard answers, right? Like I wanted facts. I had these philosophical, theological questions that I needed perfect answers to. But ultimately what convinced me was this is what Jesus has done. And this is what he can do for you. So if you know that, if you can give a gospel presentation of, of again, summarizing those points of creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Um, and, and as a believer, I, I think, I, I don't think it's too much to say that you should know those things, right? Like you should be able to give a presentation of creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Do you need to say it like that? No, but it, it is important as an unbeliever to understand those th four things, not just for evangelism, but if you yourself as a follower of, as a child of God, don't understand what those four words mean, I just encourage you, like, go to the scriptures. Like, mm -hmm. like that—that that is foundational to who. Like, if you are a child of God, that's foundational to who you are. You need to understand those things. Um, go read the Apostles' Creed. Like, that's possibly the best, simplest summarization of our faith. We believe in one God, our Father, um, the Creator of the world. We believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. Um, we talk about Jesus' death, His His resurrection, the work of the Holy Spirit, the church, baptism, forgiveness of sins, and the coming of Christ. Like Very, very simple, but poetically expressed. Go read the Apostles' Creed. That's what you should understand. That's what you should be able to explain. Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. But speak, don't... You can speak from it in a theological sense, and that's good to be able to do. But take those four words, take the gospel, but show the gospel in your own life. Show the message of creation, fall, redemption, restoration in your own life. Show what God has done for yourself and tell others that he can do it for them too. Yeah. And I mean, I remember when, I mean, something that I like, I mean, like you said, sorry, let me restart. Stories they especially your own story the story mm -hmm. of how you came to christ um can you never know what that's going to do yeah either um and one question that they ask you when you get baptized is how has the gospel impacted your life yeah um at our church anyways yeah at our we church sorry yeah. my bad if you're um, catholic i don't know what happens you're a baby you can't see anything <laughs> how has the gospel changed your life <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Catholics. Okay, continue. <laughs> um, how? Yeah, and so I, I think it's good to be able to answer that um, question to to anybody because um, if you can explain the gospel, how it's how it's impacted you in your life, mm -hmm. that's that's incredible because people will see how how often you have failed. Mm -hmm. um, because when I if I'm sharing my story, I, I'm not going to talk about just all the good things that happened because that's actually not really gonna help right I, I don't think some it might help mm -hmm. but i think something showing is how hard life has been yeah. and how god has taken me from that or the things that i'm currently working through and how god is using me how, how god is working in me through that as well yeah that's good um but i also think um when you're explaining gospel i, I was talking with someone a, a week or two ago and they were saying how they explained they were trying to explain the bible to to like a, a little little kid who knew absolutely nothing mm. like they had never heard anything about god about jesus about sin about the bible right. and so part of it is also like how do you explain it to like a preschool kid mm. right i mean i teach sunday school at church yeah. and i'll just i i just use those words like sin god he created the world and and we're forgiven and all these like Maybe they're not all churchy words, but I think so often we get caught in those those churchy um, kind of words that we use. But sometimes mm -hmm. you also need to think about it differently. 
Sure. Um, think about it in very, very simple terms. Yeah. Um, because you could be talking to someone who, yeah, knows a lot and studied the Bible, but is just totally against it. And they're going to have a million questions. Of course. Bar um, yeah. it, it's okay to also say, I don't know. Yeah. Right. But if you also have someone who's just like very new, doesn't know, knows, knows like absolutely nothing. Yeah. I think that's also very important for you to, to have a, a, a thought up explanation in your mind that they can understand. Right. That that's might be different than the way that I would approach it some with mm. someone who might be a little bit older. Sure. I mean it is it is a good idea. Like I mean, being able to testing yourself and how well you know something, try to explain it to a kid and see if they understand. If you can explain something complicated, like like the gospel is simple in a sense, but it can also be get very deep very quickly. Like math, right? Like math can be one plus one equals two. Math can also be much, much, much more. Like math can be AP calculus. Or trigonometry. Or tri or trigonometry. <laughs> a squared plus B squared equals C squared. Yep. Um, that's math too. Um, so, but like test, like see if you can explain the gospel to a child. Mm -hmm. um, maybe this is a shameless plug to get involved with Sunday school at whatever church you're at. Huh, go do it. They need your help. I promise you. And the kids will love you. The kids will, oh, I mean, hopefully. Hopefully. Unless <laughs> I've, known, I've known, there's been a few sad cases with people. Like I've known some people who'd like Babies just start crying around them. Oh, and I know who you're really, talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and we're talking about the same. <laughs> I've heard this story from them. Oh, it's so funny. Anyways, um, oh, I was saying something. Yeah, try to see, like, I mean, that's, first of all, it's a great teaching opportunity. You get to talk with kids and you can help out with your church. But if you can explain the gospel to a child and they can understand it, that's really good. Because it forces you to not just assume people know what you're talking about, right? Like, with words like God, that can mean a million different things to a million different people. Because we've made it into a million things. Exactly, right? I mean, like the biggest problem in the in Old Testament times and today is not atheism, it's wrong theism. It's not, It's it's the problem isn't not disbelieving in God, it's believing in the wrong God. Yeah, that's why God was so strict with the Israelites, right? Because they were surrounded by people who believed in God or gods, but they believed in the wrong one. So it's very important that we know who God is. Um, so. It forces you to to really know what certain words mean, like God, sin, salvation, Jesus, um, subst penal substitutionary atonement. Right. Right. Because I obviously know that word. Obviously, it's three put together. Nah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but but like like it's about, like maybe like take the concept of sin. It it being like being able to explain that to a kid makes you realize that sin actually is a very multifaceted concept sin is like a sickness in the sense that original sin spread from adam and eve to the entire human race right like we don't we're not sinners because we sin we sin because we're sinners we're born sinners we're infected by that sin sin also is like missing a target that you're shooting at right like god says this is a standard and sin is when we aim for that and we miss but sin is also like rebellion, right? Like sin is also actively choosing against God. So there, there's a lot of different facets to that. But you, if you're able to break that down into metaphors and examples that kids can understand, that's a great way to know that you understand it as well. And that doesn't just help you when you're explaining it to kids. It can help you when you're explaining it to people who have no idea what you're talking about. Because more and more, we're living in a post-Christian world. I, I, you know we can get into this another time or a pre-Christian world in a sense, a very pagan sort of world, a, pa a secular, like a secular humanist pagan world where people just don't know what the Bible actually says. And so when you, you're explaining it to them, it's, it's helpful to be able to explain it in terms that it, even a child could understand. 
Um, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts there. Like, so we, we started on this, this, uh, little line of thought by like saying people can feel like they don't know enough to explain the gospel. You, you should, you should be able to explain the, I, here's, can I just, I'll say very simply what I think people should be able to do. Mm -hmm. You should be able to explain the apostles creed. I'm not saying you should have it memorized, but go read through it. And you should be able to explain what that means to somebody. You should be able to explain the gospel around the theme of creation, fall, redemption, restoration. And you should be able to explain what Jesus has done in your life and what he can do for the person you're talking to. I'd say those three things. Apostles' Creed, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, and personal testimony and promise of what Jesus can do for somebody else as well. That, that, that's what, if, if you can do those three things, you're set. Anything else, it's like somebody asks a question you don't know, hey, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll look into it for you and we can look into this together. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even just with that little comment there, um, it shows people that you're actually interested in them. Mm -hmm. um, people, yeah, people want to be, um, they want to feel like they're valued. Yeah. And by just telling them, hey, I want to look into this with you, it shows two things. One, that, you, that you're like, you, have, you show some interest in them, yeah. but you also like, hey, I want, on your side, it's like you think of it as, I want this person to actually know Jesus. Mm -hmm. And they're interested enough to, to continue that relationship. Yeah. I don't know. That's good. No, that, I mean, that was absolutely true for me as an unbeliever, right? Like people who were willing to walk alongside me when they didn't know the answer to difficult questions, were willing to investigate that with me meant like, yeah, like exactly like you said, they were, they were interested in me and they were willing to be passionate about the things that I was passionate about. They, they made me feel cared about as a person, not just as a, like an object to be talked to. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I guess, how do we, how do we evangelize then? Mm. How do we, I guess, yeah. How do, what are some ways to do it? And what are some ways that you would just say, don't do this? Because I, I got one just like, don't do this. Sure. I, I would just quickly say, we we did an episode a little, like not, not that long ago. It was called Bringing Reluctant Loved Ones Closer to God. Um, go listen to that if, if you're looking for some principles for evangelism, because that is definitely specifically about loved ones of ours who have strayed from God. Um, but there's a lot of good evangelism principles in there as well. But what, what were you thinking there for um, mm -hmm. don'ts? Like don't yeah, do this. I think... Don't, I, I would say, first of all, preach the gospel. We, we've talked about that mm. over the past. You're saying do preach the gospel. Yes, do preach the gospel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I would say also, don't just, if let's say you're, you're having a conversation with someone, mm. um, or let's say you just walk up to someone, don't just Bible thump them. Just say, you should mm. believe in God right now. Mm. Like like those street evangelists. Mm. Just like start yelling at you from the side of the road, being like, believe in God and I throw a Bible in your truck. Mm. Right? Don't do that. Instead, I would say, approach them. Um, if you're already in the conversation, um, there's a couple ways you can approach that, that conversation. Yeah. There's some, some easy prompting questions. Yeah. Um, but I would say just, just show that, that you care in general. Mm -hmm. Um, we've, we've kind of already talked about that and just show that you, that you're interested in them. Yeah. And, and that that can a lot of the times naturally flow into. Sure. Can I jump in there and push back on you a little bit? Just just to not not that I disagree with what you said, but I just want to hear your thoughts on this. There's a story, uh, you know Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers. Mm -hmm. um, there's a story of a young preacher who went to Spurgeon uh, and said, "Mr. Spurgeon, I, like people aren't coming to Christ when I when I preach. I don't know what to do." And Spurgeon said to him, "Son, 
do you think that people are going to come to Christ every time you preach? And the young preacher was like, well, well, no, sir, of course not. And Spurgeon said, that's your problem. To each according to his measure of faith will it be given. And so uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an anecdote that made me think a lot when I first heard it because, I mean, just again, just to push back, just to hear your thoughts, like, like you, you were saying like, like street evangelists. And um, I agree, not like mm, hitting people over the head with the Bible and be like, well, just believe this and there you go. But if we have those chance encounters with people, how are we approaching it? Maybe. Um, do we expect that if we stood on the side of the street and proclaimed the gospel to people who walked by, do we believe that what people need is to hear the word of God and to hear the gospel proclaimed? Do we believe that the Holy Spirit works inside of that? Do we, do, are we confident in the character of God and the work of the Holy? Because I think if you read the New Testament, it's clear that one of the most important things you can do is proclaim. And so do we, are we approaching evangelism not from the place of what can I do in this, but what can God do through me in this? What, mm -hmm. what, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I guess. As a little um, bit of gentle pushback. No, that that's great. Definitely makes me think. Um, I Yeah, I would say, let's say you're a street evangelist or you're mm -hmm. going around knocking on people's doors. Yeah, um, like trying a to, good Mormon boy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, I would say, um, yeah, I mean, if you're going out and standing on the side of the street, I, yeah. I would say you should be, you should hope that God is going to work through that mm -hmm. because it's for some, for some people, it's their way of ministry, right? Right. For some people, it's, they, they feel like they, a way that they can share the gospel mm -hmm. is by standing on the, on the sidewalk and talking to people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and yeah. And, and I think that's amazing. For some yeah. people, that definitely works. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And for others, it's it's maybe just talking to their close family. For sure. Or for some, it's just someone you just randomly um, bump into the coffee shop who, who you haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Um, and there's ways that you can do that. So I would say, yes, in every conversation that you talk about the gospel, mm -hmm. um, you, should, you should hope that God is going to do something in them. Mm-hmm. Um, begin a good work in their life and that they can uh, start to know God. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's I don't, good. I don't know. Is it, is it wrong to, for me to say that he isn't always going to though? No. Well, Be I mean, I because that's it, true. That, actually, yeah. that's the reality of it. Yeah. We, we should hope that God is going to do something. Maybe expect. Yeah, expect, we should we expect, can expect that he, he but will. also be like, it, it may not be their time for them to know God. For sure. Or maybe God hasn't called them. For sure. Could, could I maybe tell you how I frame it in my mind? Because I totally. think you're absolutely right. Um, I, I almost think of it in terms of a diet, right? Like my regular diet of evangelism. Like this, this is how I explain what evangelism is to people. Evangelism is relationship. Evangelism is relationship with unbelievers. That's what it is. Part of that relation, like there's a lot that goes into that. Part of that relationship is proclaiming the gospel, demonstrating the gospel, showing love, all these different things. But primarily evangelism is relationship with unbelievers. That's my regular diet of evangelism, right? Is these people that I don't just see once in a lifetime. It's these people that um, I see every day at work or every week at the coffee shop or every week at a, a book club that I'm part of or um, every week at a pickup basketball group that I, that I play at, right? Like, or like a softball league, I'm part, like anything, right? Like um, 
That's my regular diet of evangelism, relationship with unbelievers. However, a more unregular part of my diet, and if I just had this, I think it'd be kind of unhealthy, but is having those conversations on street corners, is just proclaiming the gospel boldly, wildly, right? Like you hear Paul, Paul went into the synagogue to proclaim the gospel, to reason from the scriptures with people. So it, it, it's go, just going places to talk to people about Jesus, going to a coffee shop and striking up a conversation with a stranger you might not ever see again, but you are faithful to God's call to proclaim the gospel to everybody, right? Um, and I, th- I think you see, like, I mean, even in the ministry of Jesus, Jesus had like relationships with a lot of people and that was his regular diet, I think. But you also see him preaching to crowds of 5,000 people. I, I, I don't think it's, um, I don't think the scriptures show us that he kept up an active, regular friendship with all those people, right? Did he love all of them? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean there was necessarily um, like a, oh, at least on his earth, in his earthly life. And maybe Jesus isn't the best example because as God, if those people became believers, he has that relationship with them. But do you, do you get the point I'm making there, mm-hmm. right? Where like Jesus had his disciples and his family and his friends, his regular diet was proclaiming the kingdom of God to those people. But he also did like the standing on the street corner and just teaching to anybody who would hear. Um, and so I would say, I would say the best way I could frame it again is regular diet of evangelism through relationship, but then also this other, almost this other type of evangelism inside of that as well. What do you think of that? Mm -hmm. Oh man. Yeah. I, I, and again, I think both those are, are 100% valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say you definitely sometimes will need both. Yeah. Um, you need, you definitely need those one-on-one conversations Yeah, because some people respond best when you just come up and talk to them. Yeah. Um, some people also might respond best if, if you're just preaching the gospel out to whoever will mm-hmm. hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, everybody's different. And so I, I think also you need to have, um, everybody, everybody responds different, but I think everybody I hope responds well to a, a relationship. For sure. Could I maybe give an example from my own life? 100%. I had, um, like my dad, for example, evangelized me when I was an unbeliever through relationship, right? Like, yes, like he's my dad, but also on a, on a friendship level, right? Like um, loving me, respecting me, having difficult conversations with me, inviting me to things, just being part of my life, right? Like evangelism through relationship. He definitely proclaimed the gospel, but he also just, in like we were, like in a very friendship sense, we were just part of each other's normal day-to-day lives. Um, I would say that was evangelism through relationship. Um, And then I don't know, do you know who William Lane Craig is? Yes. Yeah. So he's a doctor, a debater, all these things, right? I do not have a relationship with him whatsoever. However, as an unbeliever, I saw a video of his where he was just proclaiming the gospel. I like, like online videos in a lot of ways nowadays, online sermons are like street corner evangelism. It's just yelling out the gospel to whoever is going to hear it, right? Like back then, like you could print the gospel in a newspaper and send it out or stand on a street corner and yell until your voice grew hoarse. Nowadays, you can like go into social media, you can go onto YouTube and like post videos proclaiming the gospel. And that's kind of what street corner evangelism evangelism is today in a lot of ways. And William Lane Craig has many videos like that. And I saw one and it impacted me massively, right? Like he answered a lot of my difficult questions. And so I can see in my own life as an unbeliever, was the relationship more important? Yes. Evangelism through relationship is massively important. Did God use this more street corner style of evangelism too? 
massively. The Holy Spirit works through the proclamation of the gospel. Um, so I agree. In time, for, you know, there's a time for everything. Um, so I just encourage both both of those for sure. Um, but we we were going on um, do's and don'ts of evangelism. Did you have any more off the top of your head there? Do you have some? Oh, let me think. Let me let me gather my. Th- I feel like we've said so much. Yeah. Um, let me gather my thoughts here. Don'ts of evangelism. Man, I mean, we've hit on this. Like, don't be afraid. Jesus said, like, when you stand before them, I will be with you. Even if you say words that feel clunky and awkward, trust in the Holy Spirit to use that, right? Like, if if that's the promise Jesus made, like, like, like <laughs> he's got, like, let's believe him, right? And and so even if you don't like the words you said, why can't God use those? Moses said, God, I, like, I have a stuttering tongue. Like, I can't go in front of Pharaoh. God said, who made your tongue, boy? CSV. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's just a running joke at this point. I think it will be. Oh, dear. Um, but honestly, right? Like God will use what you do so long as you act in like living by faith doesn't mean, oh, I know, like it's not a psychological certainty. It is trusting in the character of God, even when you feel uncertain, right? So evangel, so the don't, don't be afraid and don't be scared of saying the wrong thing. Do trust in the character of God. And again, this tie, I'll, I'll let you jump in there. This ties back, I'll just tie it back to something we said at the beginning. A lot of our problems and stumblings around evangelism in, in the West is that we don't know God. So my maybe the biggest do I can give you in evangelism is come to know God in an intensely personal way. Your desire to evangelize, you, the the way God uses you in evangelism all flows first and foremost from how well you know him and the quality of your relationship with him. But you had a thought there, Quinn. Yeah. And I think part of evangelism on, on our part is be be willing to take that step out in faith, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, sometimes our words might be clunky. Sometimes it might feel like uh, you just said the absolute wrong thing and you just desanctified them, right? Yeah. Um, but part of evangelism means taking that step out in faith, mm-hmm. right? Taking that faith, step out in faith and not knowing what is actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's a lot like like our faith with God. We we will sometimes do these things and you're like, I, I don't, this doesn't feel like this is what I want to do right now, right? Mm-hmm. But this is actually, but God's plan is bigger than that. And I was yeah. listening to a song by this guy, Chris Rensma. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and he says, faith is like a free fall. Sometimes I still get scared sometimes. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, and and I think that's true, especially with for for some people. If, if you guys have been following Jesus your whole life, and you've let's say you're a little you're in your forties or whatever, and you've grown up in a Christian home, um, evangelism can still be scary sometimes. Sure, right? And sometimes it can feel like a free fall where you mm. just are like going down. You're like, I don't actually know what's going to happen from this conversation. Yeah, but taking that step out in faith mean meanings giving God the the reins, the reins, the wheel. Yeah. And, and just saying, God, you do with this conversation what you want. Yeah. I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to try and preach the gospel as best as I know how. Yeah. And I'm going to let you do the rest. Yeah. Can I give another do? Lean into the hardship. Um, I just like, like reading, I'm reading, I'm restudying the book of Acts right now um, with a good mentor of mine. And one of the most wild things that it did not hit me any other time until this time I read Acts is I think it's Peter and John. Peter's definitely there. He's a lot of places in Acts. But the, these two apostles are standing before a religious council and they're proclaiming the gospel. And and the this council beats them, charges them, like never, ever proclaim Jesus as Messiah and God 
ever again. And then they threaten them with death and arrest if they ever do so. Again, they beat them very, very badly and then let them go. And then it says this, it says, and they went on their way rejoicing that they should suffer for the name. I just, I don't, I don't, I have met very, very few believers in my life who would ever take that perspective, who, who would rejoice, not, be, not because we're masochistic, not because we enjoy pain, but rejoicing that we should suffer for Jesus, right? Like in Philippians, Paul says, it has been granted to you not only that you should believe, but that you should suffer for the sake of Christ, that you should share in Christ's sufferings. Jesus suffered for us. Why can't we suffer for him? Why, like Jesus loved us so much to suffer for us. Why can't we love him so much to suffer for him? The apostles rejoiced that they should be, and oh, this is what it said, they rejoiced that they should be counted worthy to suffer for the name. Like the Bible speaks about mm-hmm. suffering for Jesus like a privilege. So, so I mean, I, I don't want to, again, I don't want to sound masochistic or like I'm, I'm encouraging pain, but I just want to take the posture the Bible takes and say like, like rejoice in your hardship, lean into that, press into maybe the uncomfortableness and the pain. And maybe that's where God needs to work. C.S. Lewis once said, pain is God's megaphone to a deaf world. Lean into the hardships that come for the sake of the cross and rejoice in that because and again i i that that's not a natural thing to say or a natural thing to want to do but that's what the bible paint that's a picture the bible paints that what it's that's what it says to do so maybe the do i could say is lean like like don't don't just be like well if pain comes it's okay no find the situations where it's gonna hurt and lean into that be like this conversation could ruin a friendship this conversation could ruin my career and have that anyways. Tell them that Jesus loves them. Tell them that the wrath of God is being poured out on humanity as sinners, but Jesus came as Savior. Like, proclaim the gospel to these people, even at great personal risk. Because um, that's the pattern, again, we see in the Bible, and they rejoice in it. That's the pattern we see with our brothers and sisters across the world who are way braver than we are. And I think we, as the Western church, need to step up into that, because we, we get a lot of things right, I think. Um, in the Bible, we, we like our biblical scholarship, the way we can understand the word of God is top notch. So good. Our bravery and boldness for the gospel is sadly lacking. So I just want to encourage everybody who's listening, step into that boldness, step into the danger, step into the pain and rejoice that you are counted worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. That, that'll, that'll be another do. Yeah. And I think kind of going off of that, it's like for, for some of us, our theology may be amazing. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe we're a professor yeah. or whatever it is. Um, and you have all this amazing knowledge about the Bible, about the word of God, about worship, about all, I, I don't even know what else to list. Yeah. So many things, but it's actually like, if you have all this knowledge, what are you doing with it? Mm-hmm. Are you actually trying to glorify God with it? Mm-hmm. Or are you just using these facts as facts? Because I don't know. I, I, I personally think that if you're not using these facts to continue to glorify God or to continue your relationship with him, mm-hmm. then they might as well be useless. Sure. Yeah. Because as as we look at them, it's like we, we have these facts, um, but how are we using these facts and the mm-hmm. things that we know about God to further our relationship with him, but also further um, our conversations with people as well? Yeah. Um, because if I, if I know all these things about God and I, I know, um, maybe the simple truths, but also the big truths, uh, maybe more the in-depth truths about the gospel. That's good. Yeah. Um, it's like, you can use those too. Yeah. 
it just depends on the conversation you come in on. Absolutely. That's good. Um, I think, I mean, again, we could go on in this for a long time, but yeah. I, I don't want to start repeating ourselves. Maybe that's a good place to cut off because I can't remember everything we've said right now. So yeah. it's good to cut us off before we get into the red. Knowing me, I could say the same thing for three hours and not realize it. So um, Quinn, end of show thoughts. Why is evangelism so hard? Like, what do you want people to walk away with from this episode? Yeah, I think evangelism one, it it will be hard. Mm. I think there's there's no way around that. Having having enough courage and um and trusting God enough to to go into that conversation, yeah. it will be hard. Yeah. Um, but I think how do we how can we make it so that it's less pressure on us? Maybe mm. is um is just remembering remembering the truths. Yeah. Remember the creation fall redemption, redemption restoration nice. i got it that was like probably the first time i've heard that that's all good. um but yeah remembering those things and being like this is what i need to to talk to this person about yeah this is what is so important yeah because it's important in my life yeah and and then going out and, and talking about that yeah. using your story to to talk about those four truths yeah um but why is it hard it's hard because it requires faith mm um evangelism requires a lot of faith and a lot of trust in god mm. um but i think as we evangelize we learn to lean on him more than ourselves yeah yeah that's good okay and to show thoughts why is evangelism so hard one it comes from a place of love and knowledge of god and us in the western church sadly like like maybe our knowledge of god is good but our knowledge of who god is like do we know god i think that is so weak um i think like again go listen back to our episode one how do i strengthen my faith we talk about the epidemic of a weak faith in our generation like buckle up and get to know god people and evangelism flows from that um next go read the apostles creed quinn you hit a lot of stuff on like what you need to know for evangelism so i won't recap that but i'll add one more thing which is go read the apostles creed and make sure you can explain all that to somebody because that is like that that is the christian faith the apostles creed um and finally um quinn I, I like what you said about like you know evangelism is going to be hard and we need to be okay with that i'd actually say like pre like press into it press mm -hmm. into the hardship um, yeah. don't just be okay with the pain rejoice in the pain praise the lord that you get to suffer for jesus sake that is the most honorable thing you will ever do in your life and i envy you the privilege to suffer for jesus we like you you don't know what persecution means you don't like not i don't quinn we don't know no, what persecution we don't. means we're not throw, Like we don't have to meet in secret we don't have to fear for our lives because of the gospel like we are so privileged where we live and that's a like i'm not saying that's a bad thing it's a good thing in so many ways, but I think it's made us dull and and so soft and weak towards the things of God and, and, and his kingdom. And so I just like press into the persecution and rejoice in that. Count it all, like, yeah, count it all as gain for the sake of Christ. Um, and yeah, why is evangelism so hard? Um, I, I, I think I'll sum it up in one thing. We don't know God. Um, and so the way out of the hardships of, of evangelism is to come to know God better on a very personal level. So mm -hmm. that's about it. Yeah. Um, guys, thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, whatever you're listening on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, just really encourage you to follow our show, leave a review. It's a little free, easy way for you to support our podcast, but it actually goes way further than you think. Um, 
If this episode was helpful to you at all, or you know somebody for whom it would be helpful, please share it. Please send it to people. Please talk about it. This is a ministry that God has led us into, and we want to press into that as much as we can for the glory and better enjoyment of him and his kingdom. Um, Thank you guys so much again for everything you do for us. Go follow us at Revolution Pod on Instagram. Updates and other resources will be there, and we'll see you guys next Tuesday, same time. See ya.